0: welcome back to holistic health masterclass podcast this is Brett Hawes, your host and hope you are doing amazingly well wherever you are we are trying to stave off the heat here in the uh, north in canada but uh, you know i know many of you tuning in from all over the world which is great and uh, w- whatever life has for you whatever the weather's doing whatever's going on i hope that you're doing well um, before we get into today's show, I do want to just uh, give you a couple of quick announcements here. So the big announcement uh, at this moment in time, and this is time-sensitive, uh, I, if you're a practitioner that is listening to this episode, um, you might want to tune into a webinar that I'm doing on July 25th. Uh, this webinar is titled Turn Your Passion Into Profit, and it's five tools to reduce or eliminate the overwhelm fear anxiety stress etc of setting up and running a clinical practice as many of you know i have been in practice for 15 years myself and i've uh, taught student practitioners for 12 years and i know that it's tough out there it's it's uh, you know not without its problems and challenges and so really, I've designed the webinar and some things which i won't uh, I don't want to give too much away here, but if you're on the mailing list, you're also going to get some things popping up in your inbox uh, over the next few weeks. but basically, you know i'm I'm on a mission to legitimize and elevate the status of natural medicine because I understand the power uh, of of what we do. I get that. But I also understand that a lot of you, if you are a student practitioner, if you're a nutritionist, if you are a recent graduate, if you are a dietitian, a naturopath, whatever your field is, if you if you deal with nutritional medicine in any way… Um, Oftentimes, the business side of things is quite elusive. And it's not about making hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's not what it is. Really what it is is I know that if you're a practitioner listening to this, your main priority or focus is really to help other people and share what you know about natural medicine and holistic healing. And oftentimes that becomes more of a priority than actually putting food on the table and um, paying our bills, right? And and so so really what I'm getting at here is I know that if I'm going to succeed in spreading the word and forwarding my mission, one of the best ways that I can do that is by helping you, the practitioner. And that's really one of the pillars of a Holistic Health Masterclass is empowering practitioners so that you can get out there and not just do your job from the health side of things. In other words, the knowledge side of things, that's a huge part of it, yes, and we cover so much of that on this podcast, but the other side of it is to actually be efficient and to run a business that is rewarding and not stressful and gives you the work-life balance and gives you time to spend with your family, to actually live the life that you want, but more importantly, to maintain and live your highest health potential as well. So... um, Perhaps a bit of a long-winded explanation there, but regardless, uh, you know, join me for the webinar. Um, I've put the webinar link in the show notes, so just go back and check that out. Or you can simply hop onto my Facebook page, or you can hop onto the website, and you'll see it's all over the place. So please register. That's coming up July 25th, and uh, I would love to see you on there. And um, I will just mention one other announcement here, and I'm just going to sort of put the bird in your ear because I'm very excited about it, but uh, I've got to be patient. I will be launching a series of masterclasses uh, coming up in the next month or two, uh, possibly even sooner. And these are going to be dedicated to certain health conditions. And the goal with the masterclass is, for those of you who want to walk away with something concrete and help yourself, to heal yourself from whatever it is that you're trying to overcome uh, i want to be able to provide that type of service for you where we can get on a two-hour workshop style um you know platform and this this is done online so wherever you are in the world listening to this you can tune in Anywhere in the world, it will work for everyone and basically give you the tools and the advice and the guidance that I've pulled from 15 years of practice so that you can go out and help yourself. Okay, so that's coming up. These are going to be sort of bite-sized workshop styles, very, very focused on specific health conditions. And uh, these will be carrying on into the foreseeable future. They will be live, so there will not be any recordings. There will not be anything else. These will be 100% live. And uh, yeah, so I'm very, very excited about that because I know a lot of you have been asking me to do stuff like that. And so I'm uh, jumping in with both feet and that is going to be coming up. Right, so uh, today's episode. I'm super psyched to have my good friend, um, visionary, uh, really master formulator Dave Sandoval from Purium Health Products on with me today. And really what our entire discussion revolves around is glyphosate and how to detoxify it with something called Biomedic. If you're tuning in from Europe, this product goes by the name of Gut Harmony. Uh, Check out the links in the show notes. There's links to both of them, whether you're in North America or whether you are in uh, the EU. And there are discount and coupon codes there as well. So check those out, all right? Those don't expire. Um, But basically, glyphosate is a herbicide that's used worldwide. Um, It actually accounts for 63% of all agricultural chemicals used, being linked to nine different diseases, if not more, and strong, strong links with things like cancer, autism and of course disrupting our microbiome or our gut um, bacterial balance and what dave has done um, you know dave's been in the business for a long time he is considered a master formulator and he developed a product biomedic or gut harmony that has been clinically and scientifically proven to remove glyphosate from your body So again, check out the show notes because I've summarized the clinical trial that's been done. It's also the only product to receive gold standard detox certification from the Detox Project in Europe but check out the show notes um, inflammation reduction, improvement in leaky gut or intestinal barrier function, improvement in intestinal immunity uh, so food reactions, food allergies and so on Um, you know I don't want to get too far into the nitty gritty here um, but I I just again encourage you to go back and click on the show notes and just check out what I've got for you there, there's a ton of resources, there's some other links so you can educate yourself and uh, yeah basically you know just hop into today's show and Uh, sink your teeth in because glyphosate's not going away anytime soon all right where there's a lot of folks working to get a band to really try and um, stop companies from using it but that's a long road and the only solution we really have now is to rely on something like biomedic and of course eat organic uh, to really help prevent exposure and to detoxify our bodies from this pretty brutal chemical Uh, As always, if you do enjoy the show, please consider uh, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, uh, whatever it is that you can do to help us uh, get the word out and continue to bring you uh, awesome episodes like this. Right, so I'm going to leave it at that. If you do have any questions or queries about Biomedic, um, as I said, there are discount coupon codes. Check out the uh, check out the show notes. But feel free to shoot me a message, uh, brett at holistichealthmasterclass.com. Uh, happy to answer any questions you might have and uh, steer you in the right direction. And uh, yeah, we'll leave it at that. And uh, let's hop on the call with Dave Sanderfall. Okay, so welcome to the show, uh, David. Uh, Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule and uh, joining us today for this slightly shorter episode, but nonetheless, super, super important. Welcome to the show, Dave.
1: Oh, it's such a pleasure to have you and uh, thank you for that generous introduction.
0: So Dave, I guess, um, you know... you, you've had a very interesting background. And before we really get on to the topic of today, which is all about glyphosate and genetically modified foods, uh, I would like to sort of, um, you know, if you can just take a few minutes to give us a little bit of the background and, and your journey so far. Um, I think a lot of people listening would be very interested to hear where you've come from.
1: Well, you know, I uh, I come from uh, from the perspective of this mission that I'm on, this incredible uh, battle that I find ourselves in as um, in humanity for our very existence, for our very survival in the face of what has been nothing short of dramatic and traumatic changes that are unique to the last 100 years that are completely man-made and have accelerated like at lightning speed, um, you know, over the last 50 years. And so the um, where I came from is what inspired that journey. And uh, I was, um, you know, I grew up in a financially challenged uh, environment. Um, my parents were very young parents. They weren't um, particularly, I would say, the ideal television parents, um, we had a lot of challenges and I found myself, you know, on the wrong side of, you know, uh, some abuse that I, I wasn't going to tolerate. And so I left home at a young age, um, lived in the streets and, you know, was homeless for a time. Um, and my auntie heard that I was living in the streets and she offered to have me live with her and my uncle. And when I went there, everything changed. I had my own bedroom. I had my own car. I had lots of food and lots of love. The problem is that where the love was coming from, my auntie um, is the same place the food was coming from and the food ultimately killed her. Um, Mm. You see, she was a modern woman and she didn't have time for cooking. She didn't have time for shopping. She didn't have time for all of these, you know, supposedly, you know, um, stereotypical feminine duties. She wanted to snowboard and ski and she wanted to water ski and she wanted to, you know, um, do play games with her kids and raise her boys, go fishing and, and hiking and all those things. And she didn't have time for food. So she relied upon microwaves and fast food and TV dinners and preserved meats and, you know, the whole routine. And unfortunately, her reliance upon that food actually cost her her life. And so um, when the doctors told us that she died because of the food she ate, because of the Diet Cokes and, uh, and because of the McDonald's and because of the preserved meats and because of the microwaves and the TV dinners and all the preservatives that came in those, then I immediately was very, very, very angry at that food very angry at the people who would sell that poison as food and i became quite a, a protester a warrior a voice against that but all that was happening internally i was fighting this internal battle to avoid all of that and i began to study a lot of studying and the studying led me to knowledge—knowledge knowledge of ancient cultures, knowledge of ancient herbs, knowledge of modern science—that people were paying no attention to because it did not fit their pharmaceutical agenda. And so, I just became a voice,
0: and a so, voice so for
1: all the people who suffered because of that.
0: And so, so roughly, what sort of uh, what sort of time frame are we looking at here when all of this was going on? What sort of era um, my age my
1: age was sixteen, you know, seventeen, eighteen, you know, all the way through you know um you know my twenties uh, mm-hmm. the The homelessness didn't last long. that was just for a few months um, before my auntie and uncle took me in, but then it resumed after my auntie died. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a little respite from that. Uh, I didn't have the chance to graduate from high school or go to college, but it didn't stop me from learning. And so I began to read books inspired by people like Ann Wigmore, Bernard Jensen. I read Silent Spring by Rachel Carson and just became that type of warrior. If you read Silent Spring, if you know what I'm talking about, I became that type of warrior.
0: Yeah, and and I totally get that. I mean, uh, you know, we've had conversations before uh, off air, obviously, and I've been following what you've been doing for quite a few years now. So I, I totally see that in you, um, and you know, kudos to you for for taking challenges and really transforming them into something so powerful. You know, I think a lot of people get paralyzed by those challenges where we sort of sit back and we might get angry, but then we sort of stew in that anger and and nothing really materializes from there in terms of positive action. So, you know, I really applaud you for for the journey that you've had so far and for really transforming that into, you know, some of the things that we're going to be talking about today. Um, Awesome. Well, you know, one thing that I want to remind
1: you of is that in order to accomplish the biggest accomplishment in that journey, was the establishment of the safe haven, the ultimate safe haven called organic food, certified organic, third-party verified organic food that could never have chemicals or GMOs or be radiated or or anything like that. And so this is this is a great accomplishment if if I would say in the whole scheme of things
0: well, and I think that we're um you know the the as, as we can agree here, the demand for organics is huge these days i mean it's it's one of the fastest growing industries on the planet uh we're starting to see a lot of pushback from big food companies. Um, from big agricultural companies, you know, your Monsanto's and whatnot. So, um, you know, which obviously whenever you see pushback like that, uh, that tells you something, you know, it tells you that people are becoming aware that people are getting switched on about the type of food that they really want and the type of system that we really want. And, um, you know, uh, you and I and many, many others uh, across the globe are part of that movement. Um, But you've really sort of taken it to another level with uh, the company that you founded, which we'll we'll get into in just a minute. Um, Just quickly on the topic of organics and GMOs, you know, what's your sort of observation been with with that whole side of things over the last sort of 20 years? And and how has it really shaped um, what you've been doing with regards to Purium and Organic by Nature?
1: Yeah, so um, so Purium is owned by Organic by Nature, and the name says it all, because we are all organic by our nature. A hundred years ago, all food was organic. There were not agricultural or industrial chemicals; they didn't exist. And because of that, we have a um, we have a uh, a huge challenge. And, and once you have dirtied up the planet. How do you clean up the planet? And so, you know, the uh, the answer is, of course, first let people know the difference. What does it look like? What does dirty look like? What does clean look like? And so they can make better choices. And once you teach them to make better choices, you have to give them the opportunity to have, um, you know, access just um, the knowledge should not be separate from the access. Um, And so, you know, so if you have the knowledge that you should, you know, um, whatever it is, drink so much pure water every day, but you don't have access to pure water. And if you have Mm -hmm. the knowledge that you should, you know, um, have organic, vegetables, but you don't have access to organic vegetables, that you had to connect the dots. And that's what I like to do.
0: Mm-hmm. And you seem to have quite the knack for that as well, especially with a lot of these sort of educational things that you do, um, the sort of knowledge of ingredients and whatnot that you've uh, sort of disseminated over many decades, and now finally sort of are, are de- you know delivering um, with some of the products that you guys are are selling. So um, I want to sort of wind things forward a little bit here just because uh, I know that our time is precious today. And what sort of what what particularly piqued your interest in GMOs and particularly glyphosate? And perhaps you could uh, you know, we've obviously done um, a couple of shows before this uh, around the topic of what glyphosate is. Um, for those of you listening, if you have not uh, you brushed up on this, you don't know what it is, uh, we'll just get Dave to give a, a real quick two-minute intro onto what glyphosate is. And then if you can also share with us, you know, how did you get into really wanting to tackle this problem? And we'll talk, obviously, about the measures that you've taken uh, in just a few minutes. So how did you get into this?
1: Well, you know, the truth of the matter is that it started with what we call the promise. And the promise is that we were 100% pure, no binders, no fillers, no excipients. And that means no microcrystalline cellulose, no silica dioxide, no magnesium stearate, which have all been proven to be either super, super bad for you or totally toxic. Like there, you know what I mean? Like there's nothing good about any of those things. And they were in... So much food, and then we wanted to take artificial colors, artificial sweeteners, artificial flavors, artificial preservatives, out of food period, and so that's part of our promise, much less you know vitamins and minerals, and then we wanted to make sure there were no irradiated ingredients, no homogenized ingredients, you know um, we wanted to keep away pasteurized ingredients, we wanted to you know have living food, and so we set those standards and And we never didn't know anything about glyphosate. It just was covered under Mm -hmm. the umbrella that we would never have any chemicals, preservatives, additives, nothing, nothing, nothing ever in our food, the pure food promise. And in fulfilling that pure food promise, we were diligent about anything that may be present in our food that kept it from being pure. And that's when we discovered that even non-GMO foods even not, See, we thought the problem was genetically modified food, and it certainly is a problem. Yeah. But the main thing is the chemical called glyphosate that's used to grow GMO food. So your two-minute dissertation or less, the elevator pitch on glyphosate, yeah. is glyphosate is a chemical that was used to kill all organisms that are not genetically modified. But when you grew a genetically modified food, the only thing that would grow in that field would be the genetically modified food or genetically modified organisms that comprise that food. And so this is called Roundup. And Roundup is actually just a brand name for glyphosate. And glyphosate is not only found in genetically modified food now. It's now being used as a desiccant. In other words, it helps plants Um, be harvested easier by drying it out in the field. It's being used in parks, in schools, in public housing. It's being used next to highways. And it should be noted that Los Angeles County has banned the use of glyphosate, that the state of California has named glyphosate a known carcinogen, that the World Health Organization has called it a human health hazard and that the National Academy of Sciences has stated that it is a public risk. It might be the other way around, but either way, National Academy of Sciences, World Health Organization,
0: mm-hmm.
1: state of California, and now the county of Los Angeles are banning this chemical.
0: And, and of course, just to sort of put this into perspective for those of you listening, um, you know, to add to what you're saying here, Dave, is you know, roughly 63 or 65%, I don't know the exact numbers there, but but the majority of agricultural chemicals used to kill pests, weeds, etc. If you look at all of those insecticides, pesticides, herbicides, by far, uh, glyphosate is the most widely used, which is uh, in the order of around 65% of all of these chemicals. And as you said, you know, it's now starting to show up everywhere. So where before, you know, and of course, we're still recommending to people uh, to eat organic foods only, but we're starting to see now that it's cropping up all over the show. And this is because of its pervasive use. And um, if I'm not mistaken, Dave, perhaps you know this, uh, I heard that they're coming out with a sort of glyphosate version two, which is uh, scheduled to be on the market in the not too distant future. Do you know anything about that?
1: Absolutely. The name escapes me right now, and I feel Mm -hmm. bad about that. But did you know that the Journal of the American Medical Association, no less than JAMA, the most well-respected of all of the medical publications, right up there with the New England Journal of Medicine, um, has stated that, that it just came out yesterday with a research study that shows that levels of glyphosate are 500 times higher in the people they've been testing than the amount that caused fatty liver disease in rats. Wow. 500 times higher than the amount that caused fatty liver disease in rats when adjusted for weight.
0: Yeah, which, which is which is mind-blowing. I mean, if you think about this, you know, all of the stuff, World Health Organization, you know, everything that you've just said, which a lot of our listeners know, but, you know, the question begs, like, why are we still using this stuff? You know, why, why is it? Uh, you know, right. we're now starting to find this in vaccines even. We're starting to find it, you know, creeping up the food chain. Uh, you know, which, which just blows my mind as to how we can still be using this stuff and not even just a little bit. I mean, we're using it en masse and we're now trying to develop even more, you know, along the same lines. Let's just, talk yeah. about,
1: let, let's take that directly between the eyes. In nature, everything imbalances itself by blocking, suppressing, or repairing. So let's say that you have the sun that could hurt you. Well, you could block it by being, having an umbrella. Uh, You know, you could block it, excuse me, by having, being on the side of the earth that the sun doesn't shine on. You could be a vampire. Um, Just go to the side of, you know. you, You could suppress it by using an umbrella or sunscreen or something like that. But ultimately, damage is going to happen to you and so then you need to repair it. Now, in our body, we have an enzyme called superoxide dismutase, And we've learned that while astaxanthin could block, or superxanthin could block the sun and mitigate and lessen the effect of sun, in the end, there will be some of the radiation and the ultraviolet that gets through and damages you. And that's when the enzyme superoxide taste has actually been proven to be able to repair that damage. So repairing damage is the most rare thing in all of nature. Okay. So because of that blocking and suppressing is what most plants do in order to protect themselves, big leaves, or they grow underneath a shade or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. Um, So now what we've done is we have seen that we cannot block Monsanto from proliferating this chemical because even when we try, they'll come out with another chemical. We try to suppress our exposure to it by eating non-GMO and organic foods. But now that we find the non-GMO foods are no longer under that umbrella, only organic is because so many chemicals are used in non-GMO foods as well. That's right. And so we're left, my friend, we are left to the ultimate and that's to try to repair the rarest thing that is possible in nature the repairing of damage done and this is where we have done something at an unprecedented level
0: yeah Our so
1: clinical uh, double blind studies have shown mm-hmm. that we could actually do that
0: mm-hmm. And so we'll get to that in just a second, because that's definitely, I mean, you know, again, following you on Facebook and and, uh, seeing this literature being published um, is is, uh, very, very inspiring, Uh, gives me a lot of hope. And of course, then, you know, for those uh, listening, um, this is a a valuable tool, which we'll talk about in just a minute. So, um, you know, just to sort of preface what we're going to talk about here, uh, I think that in a nutshell, what we're saying is, and perhaps you would disagree with this, but I think that what we can agree on, hopefully, is that we're not going to stop our exposure because glyphosate has just become pervasive. It's now everywhere. Uh, And therefore, if we can't stop our exposure, um, obviously, we can take measures to eat organic food, which is the first step. But we know that that on its own is not going to be sufficient. So now we have to fast forward and say, is there something that I can do to help block um, internally, as well as detoxify, bind, chelate, whatever you want to call it, and then of course also repair some of the damage that has been done by glyphosate. And I think that that is where we are in the conversation. And I will open that up and uh, talk about this new product that Purium has unveiled uh, that has been put together by yourself. And this is something called Biome Medic. Um, Again, uh, I'll sort of be doing a show wrap-up towards the end of this, but Biomedic, uh, as far as I can see, Dave, this has probably created the most buzz within the Purium community that I have seen, and I've been with you guys for quite a few years now. So why don't you lead us into this and sort of um, you know, give us the overview of, of what this is and what it does?
1: Awesome. Well, um, as we were just discussing a moment ago, this has become pervasive and has been found in 75% of the food supply in the United States, which means that it's very, very, very hard to avoid. If you ever eat at a restaurant or walk through a park or drive down a public highway, there is a very good chance you're being exposed to glyphosate. Now, I want to rewind a little bit. Glyphosate, um, glyphosate kills all organisms that are not genetically modified. Now what we have to understand is that we have organisms in our bellies. Mm-hmm. We have organisms called, you know, uh friendly bacteria that we all know as Acidophilus, lactobacillus, and all of these things, right? And these are very important, but they're not genetically modified, obviously And when this chemical, which is designed to kill all organisms that are not genetically modified, is eaten in our food, and then it goes into our intestinal tract, it affects something called the microbiome. And the microbiome is called the second brain and is the most important part of your body that you have never heard about for most people. Now, we have a highly educated audience, so they know the microbiome is the lower gut. They may not know that it's responsible for 70% of our serotonin, 70% of our neurotransmissions, 70% of our immune function, and it separates all of our waste from things that should be absorbed by the body and things that should be eliminated from the body. Now, I want you to imagine a beautiful lawn of grass with all the million ants crawling across the top of it. Those million ants are actually, in our body, friendly bacteria, and they're doing a lot of work, like busy little ants, and then underneath them, that grass is actually called villi, and that villi is responsible for absorbing nutrients and repelling toxins, and the The protective layer of bacteria is making all of that happen. It's separating stuff out, delivering stuff below it, pushing stuff out of the body. Now, when this chemical kills those beautiful, friendly bacteria, then, unfortunately, those villi get exposed and they begin to die. Suddenly, the process is reversed We are absorbing toxins and kicking out nutrients. In order to repair this, we have designed a combination of ingredients that works like a a tag team of superheroes. First of all, we have humic and fulvic acid and fulvic ore, which are gonna act like chelators to dig deep and to lift the chemical out of the tissue. Then we have something called lactospore. Lactospore is the spore of lactobacillus bacteria. And each spore could explode into 500 million um, of the lactospore bacteria. And so we put all of these hundreds of thousands of spores into the gut, and then they explode and create billions and billions and billions of little workers that are going to kick out the chemical. So imagine that you lifted it up and then blew it out. Lift it up and blow it out. That mm-hmm. might be a little too graphic of a term. <laughs> Move it out. Might might be better. The bottom line is that once that is done, we have another clinically proven ingredient called pre-biosure that is clinically proven to lengthen and strengthen the villi after they've been damaged. So we have the whole thing. We're getting rid of the reason for the damage. We are then restoring the bacteria that were killed. We're then growing up the villi that have been damaged. And it is unprecedented.
0: Mm-hmm. And I mean, uh, I'm, I'm going to sort of add a couple things there as well. For those of you who don't know, uh, fulvic acid has been one of my sort of personal heroes in my own practice for well over 10 years now. Uh, well known. I mean, tons and tons of research, as you know, Dave, um, to as a chelator, um, as a binder. It improves all nutrient absorption and is well known as a as- modulator as a modulator as an antioxidant uh, the list goes on and on which is why i've i've routinely used folvic acid as part of many of my protocols so uh, you know I, I understand why you put that in there um you know and the the probiotic in here the lactospore, just correct me if i'm wrong but if i'm not mistaken this is actually the most rapidly colonizing uh type of bacteria on on the market or that we know of is that correct
1: oh yeah clinically proven. And also remember, completely shelf stable. No heat yeah. can hurt it. It doesn't get destroyed in your, in your gastric juices.
0: So it's stable, you know it's I mean? stable, so stable it, towards HCL and stomach acid, right? It's resistant to that. Exactly. Okay. That's what makes it so amazing. Mm-hmm. And talk to me a little bit about this, uh, the pre-BioSure, because, uh, you know, the obvious question now that is going to come up with some people is it has been manufactured on wheat germ Uh-oh. extract, right? Um, you know, so, so the fact that it's been manufactured on wheat germ extract, how does this tie in with the gluten situation? I know that people, once they read the ingredients, that's a question they're going to have. So perhaps you can speak to that.
1: I will. Um, There's two different issues. Um, There is the blanket statement that anything over 20 parts per million is considered to have gluten and anything under 20 parts per million is considered to not have gluten. Okay. Let's establish that very clearly. So it's a technical definition. It's a technical definition. And if you were to only um, if you were to only go by that definition, no one should ever take this product because it is actually 200 parts per million or less than, but it is 10 times that allowable amount. Okay. Um, and so, uh, because of that, it, by that strict definition, you should never do that. But I want to do a little bit of math for you. Mm hmm. Each capsule or each serving is going to give you 350 milligrams. That is about one third of a gram of the active ingredient. And that active ingredient, one third of a gram is 200 parts per million. Okay. Okay. Hold on. Sorry.
0: That's all good. Are you with
1: me? Yeah. So, so now if you were to have a plate of pasta and that plate of pasta were 20 parts per million, right? And, or 19 parts per million. So it's gluten free. Mm -hmm. You could eat, you know, a hundred grams of that, excuse me, a thousand grams of that. You could eat, you know, a pound if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. and that would be 1500 times the amount of volume that is in one capsule
0: yeah so so, so so what you're talking about just to boil it down here what you're talking about is 20 you know when you're talking parts per million you're talking ratios but you're not really talking gram for gram so you know you might have a gluten-free pasta that's 19 parts per million but you're not going to sit down and eat one capsules worth of pasta you're going to sit down and eat a whole bowl, which grand value you're going to be actually be getting quite a lot is, is I think what you're getting at. Yes.
1: Exactly. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so if you look at the amount of gluten that is actually in, you know, a gluten free pasta, that's 10 parts per million, which is considered really low. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, it's going to be a lot more gluten than is in a serving of Bioship. Yeah. A serving of the, of the, um, biomedic and so so, if through that analysis um, it just seems almost you know um, almost you know ludicrous to consider it as a threat but mm -hmm. at the same time what we have done is we have tried to remind the the people who are taking the gluten-free products that they're almost always made from tapioca and corn and all of these things that are really unhealthy, you know, in the, in the long term, probably genetically modified in the long term, probably containing glyphosate that's destroying their, their microbiome. And if you are celiac, the last thing you need is to have your microbiome destroyed.
0: Absolutely. So re- it probably is already destroyed.
1: Yes, rebuilding your microbiome may be the number one thing that a celiac could do to build up their, their immunity and mm-hmm. to protect their gut. And so not only do I personally believe that celiacs should not avoid this, I personally believe it may be the most important thing for celiacs
0: ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which, which makes perfectly good sense. And, uh, you know, th- uh, th- Uh, Putting it into a numbers perspective, uh, I think that makes a lot of sense. And of course, also looking at what the positives are versus what the quote unquote potential risks might be. I think it's a no brainer, you know, we're talking about something that the benefits far outweigh any potential negative consequences, if there are any at all. Um, And, you know, which brings me on the point of the clinical trials, you know, you mentioned this before, Um, obviously I've looked at some of them already, but perhaps you can share some of the key findings here with regards to uh, what has been found in the clinical trials, What have you been looking at? What has been tested? And what have the results been? Awesome. Well,
1: I think that uh, this is the cool part is that we were able to cross validate in a huge way with two different biomarkers. And the first is C-reactive protein. Now, every cardiologist and everybody who knows anything about disease knows that C-reactive protein is this highly inflammatory, excuse me, it is a biomarker for inflammation. C-reactive protein is highly inflammatory and is very dangerous to the bottom. Correct. Any level above two um, is considered bad. Anything close to one is considered really good, and our test subjects had an average of around three point seven five.
0: Wow, okay. which is
1: nearly. It might have been some people had four point seven five and higher, but the average is three point seven five. At the end of our study, the average was one point two, which was well below two, almost to one. And we had some people that were reduced well below one to 0.05. Wow. And so um, we had this people who were already in the healthy level got healthier and people who were very unhealthy got well within the healthy level Mm -hmm. of C-reactive protein. Now, why is that important? Because C-reactive protein is a physiological reaction to what else? chemicals in the body.
0: Sure. So the
1: yeah. 75% reduction in C-reactive protein matched up with a 74 percent reduction in glyphosate, 74 and a half percent reduction to 75% in those two biomarkers, which are related in only six weeks.
0: Which is huge. I mean, I, I don't know of anything else that does that. Um, you know, I just want to sort of add here uh, my two cents on C-reactive protein because, you know, yes, uh, it's used by a lot of cardiologists and heart doctors and whatnot. But C-reactive protein itself being a, a indicative of inflammation in the body, this inflammation can... Uh, be anywhere in the body right so anyone with inflammatory bowel disease this is your celiacs your ulcerative colitis your crohn's disease anything like that um, food allergies all of the all of that sort of stuff is going to create localized inflammation in the gut and of course, then if you have leaky gut, this is now going to become, you know, spread throughout the body. Uh, this could be in the joints. This could be in the cardiovascular system. Of course, diabetics are well known to have um, high inflammatory markers. So I think the implication here with something so simple is that reducing your overall inflammation in your body can really have profound effects on virtually all health, uh, health-related health conditions, right, um, you know, characterized by inflammation. So I think that's huge. And the fact that glyphosate was reduced by 75% is, is absolutely phenomenal, uh, especially in six weeks. I mean, that's just huge.
1: Yeah, and remember osteoarthritis and mm-hmm. these things are, are very much related to that. And probably the one thing people don't realize is that our capillaries, our capillaries carry far more like they, they do a lot more work than our veins because they're so much longer. And, and when our capillaries are affected, they're affected by inflammation. Uh, capillaries are so small that our blood vessels have to pass through them in single file, like one way traffic, you know, on a highway. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, one, And so as soon as we have inflammation, then the capillary flow slows down. And that's really bad. And when we talk about circulation, circulation this, circulation that, increase your circulation, you can't have good circulation if you have inflammation. Reducing inflammation is the key to circulation, period.
0: And of course, without any circulation, you know, poor blood flow equals poor nutrient supply, poor oxygen supply, and the list goes on and on. So, you know, inflammation in itself, most people think of, well, it's a little bit of pain. But what we're really talking about is it's not just pain, it's actually starving certain parts of the body of vital nutrients and oxygen, which of course, in the big scheme of things is chronic degenerative disease, right? Right.
1: And you can increase blood pressure by, you know, not allowing Mm -hmm. blood to get out to the extremities, pushing more of the blood into your veins and into your arteries and into your heart. Not good. Let that Mm -hmm. blood spread out. So there's not so much pressure on your heart.
0: Yeah. So Dave, um, I'm going to wrap it up there with you because I know you have to get going. So uh, thank you so much for that overview um, for those of you uh, i'm going to be doing a show wrap up, which is going to start in just a second and i'm going to talk a little bit more about some of these ingredients uh, and you, you know moving forward so Dave, thank you so much for being on the show and um, of course, you know where can people find you uh, what do you, what's your sort of next big thing that you're up to these days
1: well you know i I'm working on some really, really big things um, I'm working on addiction, and I'm working on depression. And we we shot a bow over the, the, uh, you know, if you would, a shot over the bow um, with our ease and with our chill and with our control. And that was just the first step, but we're going to take it even further down the line um, in helping those who are chronically addicted and those who suffer from chronic pain. We hear you. We love you. We care, and um, we're coming, man. We're coming to help.
0: Amazing, Dave. And uh, you know, hopefully, we can get you back on the show once some of this new stuff comes to light and you uh, push for- further forward ahead. Um, uh, for those of you listening, um, I will be sharing some live links uh, on the podcast episode. Uh, you can go on to holistichealthmasterclass.com. And uh, I will also be sharing live links uh, directly to the Biomedic page uh, for today. So uh, thanks again so much, Dave, for being on the show. And I'll catch up with you soon, brother.
1: The pleasure has been mine.
0: Appreciate you, man. Keep up that amazing work that you
1: do. And I look forward to the next time.
0: All right. Take care, Dave. Thank you. Bye. Bye.